Hi, I'm Darcy Hanna, author of the Beacon Bake Shop Mystery Series, author of the Very Cherry Mystery Series, author of the upcoming Food and Spirits Mystery Series, and author of several historical fiction. Did you ever wonder where I get my inspiration for the stories I write? I get it from my family, in particular from my conversations with my three amazing and creative sons. I'll be joined by my middle son, Dan, age 29, my youngest son, Matt, age 26. We have a great relationship, and we thought it would be fun to share our often wacky, often irreverent, yet always entertaining conversations with you. So buckle up, and welcome to the Motherboy Podcast. All right, now we're on. Now we're on. There we go. Uh, welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Motherboy Podcast. I think this is our eighth podcast, boys. Yeah, eight. Oh my God, how are we doing? And today also, it's awesome, another awesome day because we're joined by Jim Hanna, the one and only, big brother, Hello. Seattle, yeah, he's, uh, Seattle he's... Jim as I call him. Hi, hon. Uh, <laughs> you do yeah, not call him that. We huh? have him on FaceTime, so. We're trying to work out. Yeah, we out. have an audio set up here that's like kind of elaborate. Jim is in Seattle and it's very early and we are in Michigan and it's not that early, so. I mean, it's it's noon, it's not early at all. <laughs> that was commenting on how how tired you're like he's like you've been sleeping well buddy sleeping well? i don't look that tired no you look good and you're uh honk snoozing or you're mimi meansing <laughs> uh probably the probably more honk snooze you're a honk snoo type of guy oh, man. i mm-hmm. have no idea what you're even talking about you're there. like old cartoons where they like either the character go me 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 or they go yeah, Jim's oh. a honk schnoo type of guy. I get it. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I snore. As your mother, I'm going to pull you all back in. But um, does anybody know what's happening tomorrow? July. It's your birthday. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's Mother's Day. No, to... well, actually, today if it was July twenty like fourth. Mother's Day is Grandma's birthday. Yay! Oh, well. Yay! Grandma's eighty fifth birthday. That's pretty significant. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And then um. For grandma's birthday, the next day I have a book launch. Oh, nice. <laughs> what does that, wow. what does that mean? <laughs> wow. I love the enthusiasm of my son. For grandma. <laughs> We're getting her a new book for my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. And how tired are you of, um, of like uh, having your mother say, hey, guys, I have another book launch coming up. Woohoo. Let's get excited. How I don't tired know. What, are you? What one are you on? You're on. How many books have you published? Published books. And, I mean, there's a difference between published and unpublished. <laughs> so yeah, but still, like the amount that you publish is pretty is crazy. Ten- is this my tenth? Tenth published? I think so. Jeez. That's well, no, this is the insane. no, 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 no. This is the fourth. So, because I'm a couple books ahead in my writing, right? Yeah. This is the fourth in that series. Let's say two, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is eight. This is number eight. That's awesome. Number eight. Yeah, number eight. And number then you've eight written published. how many? Oh yeah, we don't want to talk about that. My, my, <laughs> remember, remember when you guys were little, I started writing. I don't remember. Yeah, you probably don't. I think I, I met, you weren't even born when I like yeah. decided to write and I decided to write because I, um, decided to quit my, well, there was an incident with you too when you were babies. Yeah. That was that the one where Jim coerced me into putting a popsicle in a toaster. Yeah. How old were you? Do you still remember this? I don't know. No. You guys, Barely. I was working in the evening, pregnant with Matthew and I would, it was a tough, it was a tough life. 
you know, you, I was with you during the day that I would go to work at like six at night, come home at two in the morning, try to get some sleep, get up again at, you know, probably seven in the, in the morning. And your dad would leave for work. I was just back in the day trying to, you know, make a living. And your dad would go to work and put you guys in, he'd give you a little bit of breakfast. You were like two and a half. You were, Jim was four, put you in front of the TV put on like the brave little toaster and i think that might have been the issue <laughs> it was definitely the inspiration yeah we were sure. like how does the toaster have so much energy i think yeah. i had yeah. it's I... gotta be popsicles yeah popsicles. he needs food there's there's like strong anarchist themes in the little brave little toaster too so you know what? it's kind of like really? channeling the whole like burn it down no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> i just remember the movie being kind of messed up it was kind of messed up right what do you I don't yeah know. it was it was it was like it's like I don't know if it's like anti-consumptionist or something like that, but it's like it was kind of like sad. About like how like the the life cycle of your uh, con- consumable uh, household goods, like the toast. Yeah, no, it's kind of, it's it's sort of akin to like the end of Toy Story three, where they're like almost incinerated, right? Like that was that yeah. was the. Aww. It, it, it gets you. It gets you. It gets you in the heart. Yeah, yeah. but they're miraculously saved, which wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that so I was uh, I think I had bronchitis and you were like I was very pregnant with you, Matt. And uh I that was um yeah, that that was kind of around the time where I thought, "Oh, I think I had started writing actually before this because I had gotten no sleep and I thought, "Hey, why not try to be a writer at this point?" So, insanity and insanity always inspires the best ideas. But that day, um, Jimmy comes. Does it? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Lack of sleep. inspires the best. It might also inspire the worst ideas. Exactly. And we can yeah. always argue the path that I started. Like, like when... Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Like that was, that was probably <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> good point. You don't really get ideas like that without being insane. So. Yeah. But the, the exception is the Unabomber. Oh my God. It sounded good to him. It sounded well, not Rita Stoke. The Unabomber sound, might sound good to you. Might sound I don't good. Know. Think about it. You went a little too far. You're the Unabomber. That sounded like a good idea. You got a little right? too like, close to the yeah, truth. Yeah, I might be a little crazy here, but I think he went too far mailing that guy a bomb. What so. the? No, he wrote. Okay, so that I. Uh, no. He wrote. I, you know, I think, I think in his head he wasn't going far enough, right? Like, that's the whole point of the Unabomber, right? Because he wants to, like, bomb. He, he the, wants to bomb technology. People. Like, well, he, he wrote a manifesto wants- about, for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, about how technology is going to destroy us all. Oh, well, he wasn't probably far off. Well, that, that's <laughs> no, the that, point. Yeah. No, no, no. That's literally the point. Like his manifesto, apparently, I haven't read it, but I, apparently it is very accurate. It's very oh, accurate. He and was he's like really a- hitting the nail on the head that his only mistake was mailing someone a bomb. So, mm-hmm. right. You know, we could take this and deal with it constructively, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. We could, you know, lobby or something. Like, uh, yeah, like Al, Al, Al Gore or whatever. I think his thing was like, no one's going to listen to me unless I up the stakes. Yeah. I got to up yeah. the ante here. I got to write this. Well, so anyway, insanity does. Oh, my does. gosh. Yeah, it's like the difference between the Unabomber and Al Gore was just uh, mailing someone a bomb, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in so much trouble here oh my God. Um, back to books and you awesome. guys almost burning down the house when you were this for we should put that on a tv on uh, a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm sure there's 
I'm sure there's that's that's a bit reductionist. There's probably a bit more there, but you know. Oh, know, but the best humor cool. is yeah. is always just on the surface, right? <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna. We're I'll, going I'll, 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 back to the day. Back to the day I when burned the house down. It's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. We don't need to go. <laughs> four year. I think Jim was probably four, and Dan was two, and mm -hmm. and uh, Jim... we have our most salient and clear ideas when we're four. You know, that's the... Yeah, that's the toaster locked away at the top of this cupboard that was like I thought, oh no, no baby, no child could get this. It was a locked cupboard, and before I know it, I'm sleeping. And um, why well, I, I had to take coding, I think, because I was cough. I had I I was having some some issues. And uh, Jim mom's on like prescription grade. Yes, sedatives. I was because yeah. I was like pregnant, not getting enough sleep. I was coughing. It was it was tough, and. Um, Jim's standing beside my bed, a little four-year-old Jim. And he's like, mommy, 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 mommy. The toaster's smoking. And the smoking. shaker awake. Yeah. And I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Bring her back to <laughs> the reality of two tiny children at home. It was, it was a, it was a wake-up call. Do you remember say. what you About were... to be very supervised. Were you dreaming about something nice? I don't even think I was dreaming at all. But I wake up and see little uh, Jim's face and he's talking. He's like, the toaster's smoking. I'm like, toaster? Why would the toaster be smoking? It's locked away. And then I freaked. I, you guys probably remember me freaking out because I freaked. That was the day I quit. Yeah. My, that was the day I quit my job. <laughs> I literally quit my job that day because I come downstairs and we had a white carpet, and the toaster is sitting on the carpet and it's plugged in. <laughs> and besides this toaster was a knife, nice, I think, and purple popsicles, nice. and frozen mm -hmm. buns. And you guys were feeding the toaster stuff. It needs energy. <laughs> Or else it can't be brave. It wants I... to toast. Yeah. A toaster that's not toasting. <laughs> and I'm, like, there, I, know, I'm very pregnant with Matt. It was probably August. I, You know, Matt Matt was born August 8th. And it, maybe it was, pro it might have been July. It was very close to your due date. But I was giant. And I was tired. And I was overworked. And, uh, and uh, trying to think about writing to stories to escape you know, whatever, to escape this crazy cycle I was in. And when I saw you guys, and I, I, I literally freaked out, you know, freaked out when I saw uh, that toaster on the floor plugged in. And, you know, you guys could have not only yeah, could have really harmed yourself, you know. Honestly, like thinking back, I think it <laughs> would be kind of hard to electrocute yourself by sticking a knife into a toaster. Oh, that's how it happens, no. I thought. No, it's not. It's no, not. It's, it's not. That's the way. Well, because it's, people... it's, 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 it's AC powered through nitrochrome wire. Yeah, I know, like, but the knife yeah. is made of metal, so have, like, and the toaster is made of metal, so it's probably going to ground uh -huh. through the body of the. Toaster. No, but you're you're still like a you're still like a capacitor, right? Like it'll like that thing moving through you will still like induce a current in your body, right? No, like there, there's a there's a really good electro boom episode on this. You don't need to touch. You don't need to like touch ground. You don't have to have like a solid contact with ground in order to get shocked. You need to provide like a. AC. So the electricity is going to take the closest path to ground. And if uh -huh. the toaster is made of metal and the knife is yeah, also made of metal, it's probably going to be hard but it's to make you the, the closest path to ground. That's my argument. You know what? Settle down, it's software boy. Hey, settle down, software boy. You're talking to the electrical engineer in the room. <laughs> yeah, Just stay in your lane. Right. Just stay in your goddamn lane. Stop it. I, I, um, I don't know anything about... No, but like, if you've ever watched a TV show, Malcolm in the Middle, there's like a really great episode of it where they're like, you know, they're like kind of like, the descent that starts like the family's descent to the madness because you're jumping to this family and drop this family it's like you know ridiculous they're just everything's all over the place I love it's just that fucking, show. fucking crazy love that but show. there's 
there's there's like one episode where it's like back to the beginning where they had like one kid or whatever and they lived in this nice apartment everything's white i remember that you know and then you know they have the first kid and he just starts messing stuff up like this moment with the toaster was like the beginning of the decline it was the yeah the beginning of (laughs) of my parents into madness Well, it was it was a wake up call. I didn't need. I, you know, I was no uh, electrical engineer, but I I didn't need that degree to know that my children could have killed themselves because I was overworked and no, tired. Yeah, and, that, yeah. and then I called up and I told your dad, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm quitting. So uh, yeah, so that was how that all happened. Uh, but yeah, yeah. no. It, but and that's how probably the beginning of my writing career, uh, thanks to Jim and Dan and the toaster. <laughs> When okay, everything so... happens for a reason. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Only by the grace of God are you guys were you guys unharmed, you know? So I have a question. So at what point in our childhood did you you and dad know that uh, you guys just couldn't have nice things? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably the toaster incident. There's purple there's purple juice, purple melted popsicle all over that white carpet. It was stupid of us to get a okay, white carpet. So... I have a question because I don't really remember. Did we successfully toast a yeah. popsicle? Oh yeah. Oh Daniel, there were melted popsicles all over it. So in a way that you we did. were right. I you can't were... believe we did a good job. I can't believe that the toaster didn't short itself out from that. It was plugged like, and it was from sitting... the popsicle alone. It was yeah, sitting probably. on the on the carpet. It could have started a smoking. fire. It was smoking. <laughs> This is just terrifying. We should we should repeat this experiment in like a bathtub or something. I don't know, oh Jim. I don't know. I don't. Do you think, do you, Jim? Honestly, do you think they build they use they build them like they used to? You think a toaster these days could handle well, a six pack of popsicles? This is a thing you can do. You can go on eBay and find like a 1998 toaster. <laughs> Damn, why don't you do a review of like a toaster? Can it chug through this 12 pack of popsicles? So, the popsicle Evan, test. Evan, Make sure you plug it into like a, a, a non GFI outlet, you know, like like install like a nineteen ninety eight outlet, you know, and then we can we can repeat the we can repeat the answer. It's pop pro popsicle some bread, it'll be good. Okay, so my question yeah, is fun like, afternoon. No, but my question is like Jim was a very tall toddler because you're very tall in real life i mean in real life you're very tall until you did and i had that at the top i of cosplay this... as a midget online i know you you must have like i thought that toaster was securely locked away and this is the this is the mistake mothers make you know what i mean thinking that they've child secured the house and thinking I could sleep what, like a little is, bit when you're from the time your dad left. I usually got up at eight. He probably left at seven. There's like an hour between the two. And that hour, like you guys were just so mischievous. And I don't know how long that I mean, went on, but it wasn't it wasn't I mean, super long. I'll, like but when you say you, lock, it's the child lock, right? So it's just like a no, little piece of plastic no, you push was, over to pull it out. You had to you had to I think you probably pushed a chair over and you must have like you know, climbed up on the chair and then like twisted because there was a lock at the top of it that you tw- it was a metal thing that you had, had to turn and then pull out almost like a I don't, little, I don't, it wasn't it wasn't I don't put like it past a, myself to figure something out like that out, you know, like I can I can I can do it. Yeah, I know. You used to um as a toddler, I just remember we were at some friends' houses and they had um you were probably god maybe two if if that you were not born, Daniel. And they had a bowl of M&Ms 
and you, the kids were trying to eat the M&Ms and they moved it to the counter and there's Jim's hand reaching up. Just like, <laughs> none of the other kids were tall enough to do it. And there was no place that they could put that bowl of M&Ms that two-year-old Jim couldn't get into. It was insane. And then you'd say, no, don't get that. But if you would tell Jim no, that was a challenge. And I think all your life that is the you know, overriding. If I tell you no, you're, you needed a reason like this isn't good for you. You shouldn't eat so many. And you understand that yeah. But saying no. I, I think we challenge authority. At least I challenge. I think I don't, you started it at birth. You think so? Oh, a hundred percent. Like I'm a people pleaser, but I also like, me too. I hate being told what to do unless I understand the reason yeah. like, that, that bugs me to no end. But I think that's natural. <laughs> I think you should be told a reason why you shouldn't do something. I think you should too. Like, I think you guys were pretty good about. Um, yeah, I didn't. I like, didn't say no. Parents. I would just say, you know, that's not good. We're gonna put it away for now instead of just going no, 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 no. Is that just a word? Yeah, it means nothing. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, that was a. Uh, do you ever? Did you ever tell us you can do that, but you'll kill yourself? So. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what death is. You know. I'm two. I'm two years old. I don't know what death is. If you want to kill yourself, I never use that strategy. No. no. No, absolutely not. What I, about I was, you guys? Got to do. I, I, I had. I, I, I always call this like this is not the hill I'm going to die on. So like messes in the house were fine as long as they were controlled. But as long as anything that harmed you, that was my, you know, like if you're doing something that I deemed dangerous, like running towards a street. Uh, yeah. Throwing a rock at your brother, like you know, like anything that was mm -hmm. purposely going to hurt you, or you're trying to hurt somebody purposely. But other than that, you guys were pretty, you guys were more clever and more, you know, you like to build and make messes and stuff like that. And that was fine, you know, within, and you, you know, within reason, but yeah, but it was, uh, it was pretty funny, but that was, uh, I don't know why, why I started writing. Cause I never wanted to be a writer. When, so how did you write while all that stuff was going on? Like, how did you even start doing that? I have no idea. Like, I think I just like would say I need an hour to myself but you guys were still playing around somewhere and I would just try to like sit like I remember you guys being in the sandbox and I'd give you all the toys and you just Jim was older so he would manage you and then I would just like write notes like while you were like on paper I mean this was this was back in what 84 maybe 94 94 I was 84 I was still in probably high school or something but um no you know what I mean it was yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I just always, I always had stories in my head. I thought everybody did. And I was like, eh. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, because like you obviously had all, did you have all of these ideas for stories like growing up? Like yeah. you just always had ideas for stories? It was weird. I, everything was a story. Like I tell you kids too, like when you hate to do something, you're like, oh God, like Matthew, you're like, I don't want to do this job and it's stupid or mowing the lawn. I'm like, well, you mow the lawn, but then pretend like give yourself a better scenario. Like you're not actually pushing a lawnmower. You're pushing, <laughs> you know, something or you're riding a chariot or you're like creating these other world or scenarios. And that's what I, that's how I got through life. Like, not that I had a bad life. I had a great life, <laughs> but I was like childhood, just... but I was always in an alternate like book or something. And so I didn't realize that people don't normally do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, just, I don't know. That was weird. But so, so I always had this idea for a story. And the first story I wrote was this sweeping 18th century historical epic, which has not got gotten published because it was too long but that was the first thing I wrote and I started it when your kids were little and then once we moved to Michigan is when that book got finished because you Matthew was in school but yeah I remember you writing that it's I remember like, that. yeah it's like it's like the Hobbit 
Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. It was big. It it's, was big. It, 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 it's a tome. It, it, was, it, it wasn't. It's, it is huge. But, it's, you know, it, one day, one day when you're like, I want to go publish this, you, you'll be able to yeah, do I'll, it. I'll right? self-pub like, it. I'll self-pub it in ch chapters. I think so. Because I, I feel, I don't know. Maybe you could break it apart and do a couple books. Yeah. I already like so. That would make it easier to consume. I see. But you know, once you have like a following for your work, you know, you can self-publish it, and people will be like, "Yeah, that'd be great." I mean, her following's pretty. I read it. Have you? I don't know if you've looked on Sorry, Amazon, but like, yeah, she, Jim. No, like your first book of the Cherry series has like almost what's Amazon thirteen hundred reviews. Oh no, no, that's the Beacon Bake Shop series. Sorry, the Beacon Bake Shop series has almost thirteen hundred reviews on Amazon, and then the, the next one, mm -hmm. the Blueberry Festival one, has uh, almost a thousand. Oh, that yeah, the the cookie book. No, it, it's they're they're being very well received. But what I'm saying is like that was, you know, we had talked talked to Jack Porath last episode and um, talking about just you know your commitment and your desire to do something against all the odds. Like it's not they're not very good odds to be a published author. To be honest with you, it's like getting struck by lightning. And I don't know why I thought I could do it, but I was just like, I want to tell these stories. And once I wrote it, I think the funniest thing was I spent all this time writing. And when I was done, I asked your dad to read it. And he was really hesitant to read this giant story that I wrote. And I asked him, and, and he did. He finally read it, and, and he loved it. And I said, he goes, you know, I really was hesitant to read it because if it sucked, I didn't want to be the one to tell you. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's very good. Because yeah, you're crushing somebody's dreams. Like, if you don't have the talent. I think, I think success comes from, um, like, fitting, like, your dreams – within your talent like i will never i mean would it be fun to be a famous singer but i can't sing a yeah. lick so i that dream should you know uh, -uh it's never gonna like a good musician you know what i mean it, it's like you have the desire or the talent and so you don't know you have the talent unless you try something like writing a novel but i feel like i'm a good storyteller you know and so that i think was the difference and just getting the opportunity to do that and by writing that big novel teaching myself how to write a novel um so that one actually was a trilogy and i i think the first one was like almost a thousand pages in the second one because you wrote like, the second one right yeah did well, you write the third one? i didn't finish the second one because i was sending out that first one to tr you know like so in the publishing industry if you want to be traditionally published you write something called a query letter and you start querying agents because agents are the kind of the way to get to the publishers to be published. And so I kept like, I, you know, naively like, Oh, I'm going to send this, like this, my query letter to agents. And they would be like, oh, this is way too big. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, did you ever get anybody to actually read it? Not the manuscript. They would read, they would read my samples and they say, you know, they would say you're a good writer, but this is just not for the market. And so finally one, but one mm -hmm. person, was really kind and he said look i think this is really good however and just this is just like maybe the first chapter or something and he said you sh can do two things you can break it in two and make it smaller or you can try to become a best-selling author and then then and then republish it well and then yeah. somebody will so that's when i wrote the exile of sarah stevenson so that yeah. book you know where it took me maybe eight years to write this first giant novel that you know <laughs> still sitting still sitting in my cabinet um i it took six months to write that smaller one which is you know like the the industry standard is like eighty thousand words and i don't i know like 300 pages maybe plus is that's what eighty thousand words is and this one was a little oh it might have been a hundred thousand words but it was still for me it was a shorter novel <laughs> at that point <laughs> right yeah and that one so that one 
that one because it was like in that Bailey, that sweet spot, you know, after I think I got 49 rejections on that one, but one person read it. And once they read it, that's, that's when I made that sale. So that's how I started my career is, you know, I got a two book deal in the historical fiction market. And I, I, I to this day, I love those. And I thought for, I would be a historical fiction author forever. Cause that's what I thought what I wanted to do. Now I'm cozy mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after that, you, uh, I mean, well, hold on, hold on. I want to ask you some I questions. I mean, it's because, like, you're, like, you, you know, you like cooking. You're, like, you're a really good baker. You're a really talented cook. And, you know, you're combining that with your really talented writing, so. Oh, thank you. And all you guys, I think what I love most about that is, like, all you guys are phenomenal cooks in your own right. You know what I mean? So I think that's right. Has anybody... Has anybody reviewed your recipes? Oh, yeah. Or well, do you have, like, a recipe blog with, like, reviews on it or anything like that? I don't think I've seen that. Well, maybe you should get on Facebook. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's like I mean, like, people, that, people, like... no, well, people have, people have, like, a, like when you look up, like, well, how I find recipes, I just, like, Google the recipe, and then I pick the one that has the most reviews or I like the best or uses the right, like, uses the right methods that I want to do. But, like, but they're all coming out of these, like, you know, bespoke food blogs or whatever. Like, right. You know, like, like there's like there's the big ones like New York Times cooking or whatever, and then there's like little ones like the pamp like the, the the cozy chef or something like that. I don't know. There's like a lot of like little ones, and there's like you know they have the article at the beginning, and you can probably hide like the secrets of world peace in the article at the front because no, no one's nobody, ever gonna read it. That. And they, they, <laughs> but there's there's literally like five or six pages of like prose before the actual like. I um, hate that so much. Thing. Me too. Me too. I, what I've, what I've <laughs> and, done. And, and, the page has like infested with ads. They're so trying to like scroll through it. And you're like, it's just loading so slowly, and then it jumps around while you're trying to look at it. I'm like, I'm in Walmart. My connection's terrible. I just need the ingredients. Oh, I know. Just go through, jump to jump to recipe. Well, well, Jim, what I've done is on my re- on my website, I have a whole section of recipes that you just print out. You don't have, but but on the downside of that, I'm not a, I'm not a food blogger, and so my website right. is I made well, it myself, not? so it's crappy. Like you guys could throw down and help me make a better website. But I have yeah, all, it... all the recipes. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> now, the more the fun of that be, you know, you have to like. <laughs> I need to write novels. You've, you've been all about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Why would your kids? Up? Yeah. Why would we yeah. ruin the theme of your life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll go in there and just absolutely fuck that website up. Oh my god! I have all this talent. I have all this like brilliant talent around me, and they're like, "I yeah, know, mom." Make your own crappy website. I I hate web development with a passion, uh, but like, you know, I like I'm a, I'm a I'm a back end developer. I mean, I could do it. Like, yeah, I, you I could, are. It's not like I, it's like I can't do it, but like, it's not something I want to do in my free time. It really nobody it really wants to do it. No, I I, I do the I do it very simply. I mean, my whatever. But Jim, what I do is I make the cooking videos and I put those on YouTube, and then I always yeah. If if people who like to but, read my books want to, I always put the recipes in the back of my books, and then I've I put like the videos on how to make them. But I will tell you, food blog like book blog, cozy mystery bloggers who are like there's some amazing, wonderful cozy mystery bloggers, and they are food bloggers, and they'll say, "Can I make this recipe from your book?" And they'll make the recipe and talk about it, and then review the book, and that's no. how it works. Yeah, absolutely not. What? Don't make the I recipe mean... blog on it. <laughs> It's no. my intellectual no, property. Well, 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 no, no, because it's yeah. no bitch. <laughs> How dare you? We gotta cut that. No, 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 no I'm just being. He's being sassy. I'm being that's, sassy. That's role we, in this we, family. We, we have to. We have it's to. Sassy. You have to be. You have to like. Um, 
don't know what I'm saying. Uh, you, you have to. <laughs> that's right. You don't you, know. If, what you're if, saying. if you let them, if you let, but that's right. If you let them do the thing, if you let them review the food on their own blog, they're just going to take your recipe, change three things, and then like, whoa, look at the menu again. No, 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 no. Yeah, but I mean, like, food isn't like an intellectual property. I'm just, it? I'm just saying, I like probably millions of Americans because I'm, you know. I, whatever I, I find them recipes by googling right i'm not gonna like find like you know you're putting them in certain ways but if you think about like how people get to information like i go and google like i want to make a cherry scone and then they're like okay here's the recipes for a cherry scone so if you have something that like yeah. you know brings your content forward in that direction um, um from like some kind of like a you I, know but, I, but like you know if you have a food blog that uses your recipe and then they come up to first and there but then they're gonna go through no their, no no like, no they're they're book bloggers they're not food bloggers they're book bloggers but they'll talk they'll do the food so you don't even really have to blog that much with no, each one. I mean, you can write like a little thing like check out my book here you go and then here's the recipe but what you're saying and that's cool like i have an amazing cherry scone recipe i'm gonna say it's world it's world it's it's the best in the world okay <laughs> that's really good it's not the best in the world but in order to get to it you have to go to my website and just download it that's all you have to do or read the book it's in the i print them in the back of the books but you know, scones are, God, we love scones. I mean, Downloaded. Scones. 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 It's either scones or scones. Are they really just biscuits, though? Yeah. They're, they're just British biscuits. They're British biscuits. British scones are so, biscuit. oh my gosh, I just finished writing this, uh, Matt, I just finished writing the Irish book. biscuit with cheers. Well, the last book I finished for the Cozy Mystery was the I mean, Irish book that you plotted for me, and we'll talk about hell that. Hell yeah. We'll talk about that next time. I'm a criminal genius. I know you are. <laughs> I was like, Matt, we'll tell that story. But... I wanted to make an authentic Irish scone, and I found a great recipe. I was looking over British websites, and I was like, what is the best British Irish web, you know, scone? And I made them, and I'm telling you, I love them. So right. it was somebody else's recipe, and I, might, really I maybe changed trips. up a little. <laughs> they're, good with, they're good with a little bit of cherries on it. So, so this is like uh, a window that I'm sharing, right? So if I look at Sherry's phone recipe, I get these, right? Right, now. but you it's don't like, get It's mine. all food blogs. Because I'm right, not a food yours, blogger. It's not a food blog. I'm a writer, Jim. I sell novels. These people don't write novels. She's not. She's <laughs> not oh, but then I go here, and then look, the information, I have to download, yes. I have to like, I have to load a separate file. I don't want to, like, I want to just, I want, I want like a well, Jim, page that has it. If you know how to do it better... Oh, you want each recipe to be on its own page. Yeah. Well, here's and, like, the thing. have a little intro. Like, cause, like look at this. Like, well, you know what? This is how people, Jim? This is how my generation finds recipes. Jim. They go here. Jim. They, they click on this two cups of flour thing. What the hell is that? I don't care. Like, just, like, <laughs> Jim. Jim. Yeah, I guess I skip over this. I don't give a crap. And then I got, like, there you go. Like, look at that. And it's got little check boxes here. No one can see this, Jim. No one can see this. Listen to me. This is for the project manager to do, and she hasn't done anything yet. Dana, we maybe I don't. We we would fire. We would fire her in a heartbeat. No, our problem is to rehire. We don't have anyone else who can do it. Hey, hey, stop talking over people, please. Oh, stop, shush. I would. This is how I would fire Dana. This is how I would. I would call her. Yeah, please. I would call her up. I'd say. I'd say, hey, Dana, can you take a seat? And then I tell her to stand up again, and I'd be like, "You're fired!" And then hopefully she falls down into her seat. I would, I would just, I would, I would bring her. I would, I'd say, "Hey, I would do it in an elevator." I'd be like, "Hey, can you come into this elevator?" Oh, with me? Jesus. And then, and then, like, I would, I would hit the top floor, and I would go all the way to the top floor, and I would give her the pitch, like, "Listen, you've been really slacking on your job lately. Um, 
You really this isn't working you, out. This isn't working out. Uh, give the speech. You're gonna don't even don't even come into this office. So then when the elevator doors open, I get out and push the bottom floor and just step out of the elevator. No, no, but first you have to fart. You yeah. have to fart, hit the bottom yeah. floor, and then shut the door. You have a certain dominance. I'll yeah. see you later. You in every single when you fire someone, it needs to be a power move. Yeah. It's a requirement. Yeah. Oh my god, it's painful. Oh yeah. my god, that's you guys are terrible. Well. We're just joking. In, in yeah. That's all a joke. In Dana's defense, our pod manager, um, she likes the feedback. Is she she likes what we're doing, but that's all. That's I, great. That's so good, good for her. Feedback. Thanks. Good for her. That's what we're doing. Great. As of yet, we're not paying her anything, so there's no motivation in the game. But Jim, back to your point with the the website. That is a really legitimate point, and I just realized as I make this website on Wix. And it's just like basically plug and play. They do have a whole – when I started this, they didn't have a recipe like a page that you could plug in, and they do now. Well, you, that could change the game. You know me. what we could do? Okay, so we, my, you just created a Facebook page for this podcast. Yeah. So if you want us to put her cherry recipes on their own individual websites, then just go and comment on our on our Facebook page and yeah. tell us what you want. Yeah. I mean, if How you want that? more Darcy Hanna recipes, but it's fun to read my books too. Um, yeah. But the new book coming out <laughs> – hard pivot all right new book yeah anyways this one is pumpkins it is yeah hey listen who who amongst you has read one of my i haven't read much but from what i understand there's a maybe a woman i think a woman what was her name how do i feel dressed whitney bloom no that was that whitney bloom is from the very cherry mystery series okay okay but, I'm going to read your books. I just want to. I know. Out. You guys all downloaded it. They I were... just got a Kindle. Yeah. So Jim, he got a Kindle. We were making fun of Jim's Kindle on like the second episode. Poor Jim. Yeah, we were because we were like, there's no way this now guy you... reads. <laughs> this guy doesn't read. Why does he want a Kindle? And then I saw your Kindle uh, and yeah. I was like blown away. I was like, I can't mm-hmm. believe it because the, the screen is it's the screen that does it. It's crazy. Anyways, we don't have to talk yeah. about Kindles. But... No, but someday, like at least now you have. I'm trying to you have a hard copy and a and an e-copy. And a soft copy. A soft copy. Um, but the new book coming up is a Halloween book and it comes out in July. <laughs> it's not July 25th. And one of the fun, Just like, in time for Halloween. Yeah, just. Yeah. Well, it's a great. It is a great strategy. But um. <clears throat> Last year, around this time, you guys were eating a lot of pumpkin baked goods. And one of the fun things that I like to do is when I write the novel, like the novel is so much fun for me to write because that's kind of my, like that's the pleasure I get is writing that. And then coming up with the recipes, I like baking, but <clears throat> I was making all the, like pumpkin scones. Um, I pumpkin think, scones are actually insane. And the, and the so cheesecake. Good. The cheesecake. Remember the pumpkin yes, cheesecake? Yes, the pumpkin cheesecake. Jesus. With the caramel topping, like it's called. Hey, what did I call yeah, it? Pumpkin, I, the I pumpkin cheesecake is unbelievable. Jim, you missed yeah. the pumpkin cheesecake. I was supposed to make this for um, Thanksgiving, but I had so much work to do at Thanksgiving. I just threw it down in a, just a cheap little I, – I made the pumpkin pie, <laughs> but it was like pumpkin pie is the easiest thing in the world to make. Like it takes no, – no. I want you to do the cheesecake so bad. Let this year, see. can you do the cheesecake, please? I, I think will. turkey's overrated for Thanksgiving. It okay. is. We should do a big ham instead. So, Not I ham. I hate ham. No, 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 no. no okay. No. Can we get back to lamb. the book? <laughs> lamb? For Thanksgiving. Jim, come in but for like Thanksgiving. The, the Mediterranean lamb. No, that was good. I don't know. We can talk about it later. So one of the – we're going to talk about recipes first before we even get to the book. But um, the one that your father couldn't get enough of and our friends, the Koi's, that came over. And I said, can I test a recipe on you? And I made pumpkin pie martinis. And the first time I tried it, I was a little heavy with alcohol. I'm not – as we know, I'm not a big drinker. 
And I was like, ooh, this sounds like a lot of alcohol in a drink. And it actually does have, I'll, I'll just show you the ingredients. Um, well, the first one I made, I think I did two and a half ounces of vodka. One mm-hmm. ounce of spotty strong. I cut it down to two ounces of vodka. Isn't that like two isn't a sh- a shots shot is of one vodka? Ounce, right? <laughs> one, one ounce is one shot? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one ounce, I think, is one shot. shot. Yeah. At least that's what I do. All right. Um, it also has a half ounce of half and half, two tablespoons of pumpkin puree. One, one and a half ounces. One ounce of pure maple okay. syrup, which is another shot of maple syrup, and use pure maple syrup. Half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. I'm sorry, quarter and a quarter of pumpkin pie spice. Put little ice cubes in there, shake it up. On the glass, we have um, the rim of the glass. We do dip it in maple syrup and crushed ginger snap cookies. So then you freeze that glass and you pour it in there and you top it off with like whipped cream and maybe a cinnamon stick. I have pictures of that on my website. But um, your dad and uh, Mr. Coy sucked that down before. Mr. Coy sucked his down before I could make your dad's. So it takes me a while to make them, you know, because you're, you're adding all, there's a lot of ingredients. I'm shaking. Yeah. And then I pour it in. And I'm like, oh, look, I make it all pretty and hand it out. And then I'm, I was just in the kitchen being like, a you got to make like four at once, right? Like you got to do like what a bartender does. You got to like oh, bring them all at the same time. Well, Jim, yeah, they like maybe, make them all at the same time. And maybe, then they have, like, I all the maybe I don't go to many bars. I don't know how this thing works. But it is, that is a very good one. So, but, but the next, um, it was pumpkin scones with a maple glaze. That's what we yeah, had. That one, that, those are really good. I don't know what it was, Pumpkin, but it was chocolate. summertime and you were making this yeah. stuff and everything you made was just like so good. I know. It's, I got to stop making, I mean, the we're, secret. Like, we're all on diet. The secret is butter. It certainly is. <laughs> it certainly is. I also have like um, roast chicken and vegetables in there because that's such a good, like you guys love, I mean, I think I made that for you. Where you butter do, comes from the heart. You roast a good chicken. And it goes right back into the heart. <laughs> <laughs> This is the one that you guys loved, though. It was, yeah, buttercups. It was the cheesecake, the pumpkin cheesecake, and the topping. It's like a it's a caramel topping on there, and then you put like uh, toasted pecans on there. You can't you can't beat that. And then the fro- the pumpkin frosted sugar cookies, which is like you guys eh, love those. Eh. Oh no, those were good. But those are no, I have I have I don't many. remember. I really don't. I'm trying to remember. Oh wait, I do. Those are really good actually. They were soft. Yes, I remember. They were I'm like gonna soft. Make, I'm going to make I'm going to make making those for my book launch uh, party at Two Dandelions tomorrow. So I'm going to be bringing lots of pumpkin sugar cookies. Oh, well, we them. can't have them. So yeah, you guys are right. Everybody's on diet. <laughs> yeah. It's a trouble. We go for your when your mother like when you come over and visit your mom and she throws down on like baked goods and she's like, Oh, try this pie, try this scone. Yeah. And then you're like, mom, we're not eating sugar anymore. Is, is Jim on a diet? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, my I'm diet serious. consists. I, I mean, I'm, I'm eating. So, I mean, that's a diet, right? That's I suppose. No, we, no, we, no, I mean, I mean, the technical definition of a diet is, you know, like what the you things do? you put in your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, no, we, we all just came back from, um, well, we were, we had that great vacation to, uh, Charlevoix, like whatever. And that was just, we all ate so much fun stuff on that, uh, vacation that I think everybody came home and we're like, oh, God, I got it. If by yeah. fun stuff, you mean three trips to Culver's and, and four pizza. trips to a pizza Excuse place? Me, I had five trips to Culver's. I had no choice. <laughs> yeah. I think it was about five the entire time. How did you do five? Because I would be out somewhere and then they would be like, did you guys get dinner? And I would be with dad or somebody. Yeah, nobody. And they'd be like, yeah, we did get dinner. So then dad would go Culver's and I would go again. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Oh, that was I lunch. Did. Yeah. Was, that was lunch, dinner, 
breakfast. Your dad's no, kidding. it was never breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of dinners and, and lunches. Um, I will say this. You know, everyone sleeps on the pork tenderloin at Culver's. But it's it's pretty good. It's it a, yeah, you love it. It slaps pretty hard. It's a, so big shout out to Culver's for feeding our family. Thank you, Culver's. I just want to say I could tell that you ate Culver's five times. I know. I yeah. Seriously, I could. Tell. I could yeah. Oh my! I, f- I remember. I was like depressed and fat. So I don't. It wasn't from that. It was the smell was obnoxious. Yeah. What? I kept farting like crazy. You were just farting everywhere you went. You farted. I couldn't stop. You were propelled. If you walked up a hill, you would have had help. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I just remember Jim and Allison flew in from Seattle, and you don't have Culver's in Seattle. We, you know, no, it's and, not a West Coast. And you were thing. so funny because it doesn't exist outside the Midwest. Yeah, and you guys were what's a Wisconsin chain that we all, you know, it's, we all love it because it's very. So if you're listening from outside the Midwest, it's uh, yeah, and you don't know what a Culver's is, it's you know, it it's is like a, a great fast food. It's like a better McDonald's. I yeah, guess. it's a Wisconsin McDonald's. Oh my yeah. God, with, with cheese curds, but. Jim and Allison come in and they were driving separately to that, the wedding in Indiana. Everybody was driving separately. And Jim was so funny because we get in the car and we're all calling each other to see where we are on the road. And, and uh, Jim's like, Allison, and I are going to stop. We haven't eaten yet. We're going to stop for lunch. We're going to Culver's. We can't wait to go to Culver's. And you guys were so excited about Culver's by probably the third day up in Charlevoix. They're like, no, we're Culver's. We're sick of Culver's. It was like the first time was amazing. And the second time was all right. The third time was, I can't believe I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the reason. It was like sadly eating a butter burger. I'm like, Jesus Christ. This well, is do you know life. why, so though? Reason. Because because we we eat so late. Like nothing's open. That's right. We're European Ex- in that. It's the one thing that's European. <laughs> 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 we had a fashionably late hour, and Culver's is the only place that can handle us anymore. All right, I got a two-hour dinner here. We're gonna start at. <laughs> I think it's just late by time. We're just poor planners. I think. Well, we just oh, yeah. try to cram so much in a day. I think. Well, most people, from talking to Callista, she's my reference point <laughs> yeah. for a normal family. <laughs> She says that they plan their day around meals. And I was like, what? Like, what that hell? doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, it's funny because whenever we go in for like, when we come back for um, my Allison's parents, they eat at like four. So it's like, oh, we're just it's like the other end of the spectrum. <clears throat> yeah, four, We're just yeah, starting yeah, our yeah, jobs so at four. <laughs> We're just getting ready. I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm done with lunch at four. Really. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible. I know. I don't think I eat you my know. first meal till like noon. And and people are like, oh, are you like intermittent fasting? I'm like, no. That's just what I think about. Like, you know, your mornings get taken yeah. away from you. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm hungry at noon or one. Sometimes it's yeah. If I, if I get up earlier, like I'll be hungry kind of for a breakfast. But if I'm not like getting up super early, I don't really. When I think it, we so. all do. Well, I mean, you guys, have, you, we all work from home, obviously. Now, Matt, you work yeah. four days a week from home. Dan, you're all remote. Jim, you're half and half because you want to mm-hmm. be. You don't have to be. Yeah. yeah I'm in the office three days a week. And I don't okay. even have, like, I mean, I have to be remote. <laughs> yeah, I guess you've yeah. always been remote. You're OG I'm always, remote. I'm OG, OG remote. No, yeah. I mean, she has an office. It's her her. Uh... Room. It, this room that we're recording in. It's my pod studio. I like was making a joke. I'm like, come, come on into the podcast studio. And Matt's like, this is our old bedroom, Mom. I'm like, it's my new office, <laughs> it's, too. It's yeah. actually really cool, though. I, I like it. I, I used to play video games in here. Oh, God, oh my stop God. it. We got to <laughs> <laughs> 
Mom's writing in the old yeah, Jack Shack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave right now. Oh my God. Move down the street. Oh I God. too have stayed in this room. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh my just, God. I've cleaned it out. I washed the carpet. Completely it. destroyed it. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, we had to get a carpet. Professional just re- carpet replace cleaner. the carpet. Just yeah. replace the carpet. We had to get somewhere. one of those bug fumigator guys. A <laughs> guy came in in a white suit and cut the carpet out. Yeah. He's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's as hard as a rock. <laughs> Weird. Jesus. What the God, it's is? going down to the subfloor. Oh my God. Oh my God. Stop even it. the wood is destroyed. <laughs> The carpet's like a plank. It's like a it's like a piece of plywood. And this is why we're gonna have to take it down the studs. Hey, Bill, shoot your nine mil at this. See if it goes through. We're gonna need a this circular is, saw. This yeah. is why I write to escape this. This. But isn't to see the thing is if we didn't do this, you wouldn't have anywhere to escape to because your life would be so good. Yeah, you know. It's the most mental gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, right? Life like, with boys. It's like trying to explain flat earth to your mom, but you're like playing the role as the flat earther. Yeah, I've, I've been yeah. there. That was a fun one. You guys have done many things. but Steel it Man, is. the case of flat earth. Yeah. I like that, actually. It's fun. It's, that it was, is, it that, is fun. It is fun. That was one of my friends came up with that. He's like, you know what's really fun to do? He's like, it's a good mental gymnastics like exercise is you try to, you try to pretend you're a flat earther and try to ex- uh-huh. justify flat earth to people. Well, you know what's interesting? Yeah, really? it's like it's like trying to justify disc golf to someone that actually golfs. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, really yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. I I've been listening. I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and some of the people that like they're older, whatever. And they were saying that when they were at the dinner table growing up, so like maybe like sixties or seventies, they said that their family would they would they would because these people are like lawyers or whatever. They mm-hmm. said that they would have their kids argue. At the dinner table, and then they would tell them to argue the opposite stance. That's a great at the dinner idea. Table, yeah, which I thought such was a so great cool. Idea. That's like school. Like, isn't that isn't that it part is. of uh, debating? They'd be like, "Hey, Timmy, you argue that the Earth is is round," and then they'd be like, "All right, Jake, now argue the Earth is flat with your brother, like across the dinner table," which is like an insane, kind of insane, but like that they used to just do that all the time. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I think that's really regardless of what you believe. Then you can at least vet ideas. That's well, the yeah, whole. and you can understand putting putting, and I think that's like back to writing, putting yourself into somebody else's point of view is very important. Like my characters don't necessarily ever hold my points of view. I, I mean, my you know what I mean. Like I make fun of things through. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like you put yourself into like a murderer's head. Like I would never murder somebody, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think it's very but important to to. It's like a normal debate thing. Try to yeah, try to argue. Or think about something from somebody else's point of view, not necessarily your own. Um, right, like so the, affir- that, the affirmative and the negative, yeah. yeah. So that you can come up with, yeah, a good, yeah, so see, say multiple sides of the same argument, which I think is a very healthy thing. Mm-hmm. And then you then you make your decisions on what you believe from there. So, Matt, do you believe yeah, that so the earth is flat, even though you've seen pictures that it's round? Well, <clears throat> no one's seen the edge of the ice caps, so... You know, there's nothing out. There's nothing out there. Um, there's some weird stuff about Antarctica, but yeah, I don't know. I'm that's... not convinced the Earth is flat, for sure. There's no. Are you uh, sure? I, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I do. I do think that there's some weird stuff about Antarctica, but I do think people have flown around, over so... Antarctica. That's true. They've huh? what? They've flown over it. People flown. Yeah. 
Thought it was sure? a no fly zone. Are you sure? It's a South Pole. You haven't seen no, it. No, you mean you don't, you, you don't take you don't take a yeah, just because you haven't seen it yet. You've never been to space, so you can't just prove that's real. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly my argument. It's a leap of faith. Get a good look at a T bone steak and you <laughs> stick your head up a bull's ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has to be your bull. That was some Tommy <laughs> boy. Yeah. Yeah. A movie that um, we saw quite so a bit. I, I do have a question for you. Yes, thank um, you. So, you think, thank you. so going back to the Viking uh, book, uh, do you think if you were to self publish it or go back to it, do you think you'd come back through the story and re edit some yes, stuff? Yes, definitely. I would probably tighten it up a little bit. And I might take you it. Like, see, the, tr- the thing with me is I loved writing the experience of it, but sometimes um, I think, you know, you evolve as a writer. You know what I mean? Like now mm-hmm. I'm probably a different writer. I'm definitely a different writer than I was back then. And I would, I still like the promise of it. And I like a lot of it, but I might take out more of the back. Well, I don't know the backstory. Some like the things that I think are fun and that, you know, like older writers, like, you know, if you read something that was written a while ago, they might throw stuff in today that don't, doesn't hold attention. Sometimes people just want mm-hmm. to get through the story. They read to just get to the end. And you carry them through it. You don't want to bog it down. You don't want to make it. Um, you want to keep the story moving. Right. So it's like the balance Pacing. between like having too many details and world, maybe world right. building so versus like I'm the not plot. sure there but was a ton of that. It was like it starts out in Norway, and I spend some time in Norway, and I love that Norway Norway park because it's historical Norway. Um, and why I did that is because my great grand my great grandfather, your great great grandfather, used to own a sailing ship. Uh, he was uh, in Norway. He was a Norwegian trader. And so I used to always see the ship in my grandma. Gigi's trader? I hardly know her. Crater, crater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sailing vessel. It was a trader, trading ship. And so he used to always tell my mom, like, stories about Africa. Like, really, like, hunting in Africa. Just weird things. Like, so he was, you know, whoa, God, that just hit me in the face. <laughs> whoa. Um, I would say if you're going to build it, if you're going to have yeah. an epic like that. Uh, I've noticed like the best epics ever made or like fantasy or yeah. the world building yeah. is on a different level. So like, I would say like it, you shouldn't cut down the world building. Cause I don't want to. And and I think the backstory to this, that's why I took so long with it because I really wanted to get the history right. And this girl's life, right. And the people around her, right. But the point was her father owns he's a he owns a ship called the viking and so the viking is a character in the book you know and so it's it's really central to the story of what happens with them it's pretty whimsical is there like some fantasy aspects to it yeah a little there's always a paranormal aspect so this woman her name is Kristen olsen and she is a young girl and she's being sent to england and um but she's also like she also has, um, she finds an amulet that was buried. And this is like, I was doing a lot of research. And this was like from the a Viking ship that they dug up. Well, I can't even remember. It's been so long that I've written this. It was like yeah, 20 years ago, yeah. 30 years ago. Um, but this is part of the finds. And the person that was buried was Queen Asa of Norway. And so uh, Norwegian queens, like we're very, p- women could inherit land. Like Nor- Norway was very different than other parts of Europe at the time where women could hold land and hold power. And so somehow this queen was buried in this, like, very, very, you know, royal... Uh, she was buried in a ship, which doesn't happen a lot. And so she finds this, and so her life kind of parallels this 
warrior from a different time, like right. like warrior queen from a different time. So she's um, she goes on this journey as well. You know okay. what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of so this amulet had, and I totally to, totally forgot about this pot, this thing. I have to read it to remember what it was about. But I always have all of my stories have a slight paranormal element, and I don't know why that is. But I think for me, that just helps me tell a story because I always like that unknown or that other part that is um, like it could like in my my mind, it could happen. Like, you know how we all have crazy things that happen to us and you're like, oh, wow, what just happened? And sometimes I like to explain that, you know what I mean? Or or imagine it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the paranormal theme is very interesting. Like it for me, it's slight and it's more like um I believe it's true. Like, I think when I sold my first book, The Exile of Sarah Stevenson, that has a paranormal element in it that you don't really realize until the very end. And when the my first editor at Random House read it, she called me. She really, like, she's like, wow. It's like, she's like, this is genius. And that was the first I was like, what? <laughs> it's the first time somebody's ever used that and my name together. But what that like she's like i don't even know how you got this to to work but it works like right. like just how you tell a story and you build it and how i tell a story is i like you matt i'm tell it like i'm watching a movie so i i know in my head where it's going and integral scenes and so i start from the very beginning and work my way through it like i would like watching a movie right and so they're very, <laughs> they tend to be very cinematic in a way even like the cozy mysteries which i are a little they're much easier to write because they're modern i don't need all the historical uh background Context. yeah people get yeah. really fussy about historical inaccuracies yeah, but, like really frustrated they're like that's not right i know they I'll do kill you yeah or, or <laughs> yeah or let's like you know and a lot of it is i mean people always will argue you know they'll always look for something like oh that's totally wrong and i think historical fiction readers are very knowledgeable about history and that is a little intimidating too because if you just kind of like just go with the story and enjoy it but the history is pretty right and this and the second one i did was so that one was like dex of sarah stevenson has this really cool twist in it at the end that and, and that people don't see coming and uh the next book i wrote was the angel blythe hall which i set up as a trilogy and that was set in the reign of King James the Fourth of Scotland, so it was kind of the Renaissance. You know, it was like kind of like the Scottish Renaissance. He was the brother-in-law to King Henry the Eighth, so it's like in that time frame. But that one, he's a young man, and I investigate the cult of angels, and so it has a lot of the paranormal is more spiritual in that one. Do you know what I mean? So it's like they're always more spiritual. There's never like dark, dark things in my my themes because I'm not that person. Um, but that one, I, I, I plotted it out as a three book trilogy. And when I sold it and it got published and all that was fine. And then my, my, my then agent was like, Hey, what are you working on now? I'm like, well, I'm working on the second half of, you know, the angel Blythe hall. It's, it's called the dance of falling angels. And she's like, what? You're not supposed to work on that. I didn't sell a trilogy. And so, I mean, I don't, I didn't know how the publishing world worked. I just assumed like that's how it went. So I have that book almost written too. That's when I had to stop. And, you know, that's when I, um, what happened there, let me just back up a little bit, is that I also didn't know that a lot, it's all based on sales. So how well a first time author does really, especially d it depends on how much they get paid, how well they do to mm -hmm. make back that advance. Um, and sometimes that's a tall order for a first time author. And it's, this was, 
this was before, you know, uh, ebooks were just kind of coming out. It was 2010 when the first book came out. And yeah. I knew nothing about the, I mean, I just, it was my first experience. Nobody would tell me. I said, what should I be doing? What can I do? I would go to some bookstores. I would toast little things at bookstores. I would sign some books. But when my second book came out, like it just kind of slid under the radar and that just broke my heart because I was like, what, what, you know, I, and um, that's and they when I like, didn't promote it at all. They didn't did promote they? it at all. They didn't promote much the first book, but the second book, they just didn't promote at all. And I just remember like, you know, this sounds terrible, but like, that's the first time in my life I've ever been constipated because I was so worried. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I oh my about. God. No, but you know oh what I mean? We talked about that. <laughs> T- I know. That's TMI. No, my, no, you we guys talking were... about you're constipated because why? No, because I was so <laughs> upset. Upset? That can happen? Upset. Yeah. You're all bricked up because you're fucking... Yes. It Jeez, emotionally God, affected damn. me. That <laughs> sucks, right. dude. <laughs> I drank water. Emotionally affected me because I was so... Because I could see the writing on the wall. Like, it's not like I go to a Barnes... I remember trying to... I remember I had a book signing at a Barnes & Noble in Chicago. And I go there, and they didn't even... Like, I had a publicist set it up. I traveled there. I, you know, had people coming and they're like, oh, they were totally, they totally dropped it. And they scrambled it. I mean, people are coming and they didn't, they didn't even have it on there. And that was what really upset me was that they Mm -hmm. didn't even prepare for that book launch. Right. Um, And I don't know who dropped the ball there, probably the bookstore at the time, but that just kind of was a hard reality. Did you at that point ever... Because it's a good book. I love that book. At that point? Oh yeah, I uh, yeah. And then when I realized they asked me to write a third book, and I did, and then they they it, they just held it, and that's the I still have that book, and I think it's phenomenal. Oh wait, that's the 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 second in the trilogy. No, I have which... that one too. But the the second book that I the the other standalone historical fiction I have is called The Lady of Winterhaven, and that is going to be my swan oh. song when I die. You publish that, and you publish the Viking. We hear it, not here now. <laughs> you work on my dead name and you no no they i i feel that you know it's like i didn't get that i didn't know what i was doing actually a sick name sounds like something out of skyrim the lady of winterhaven yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a great book and i will say it's a scottish historical fiction that kind of uh tells the story of the scottish national song which is um the loch lomond it kind of shadows like the history behind Lock Lomond. So it's right. really cool. And it has and a that's par- a completely standalone book. It's a standalone. has a paranormal. My friend uh, Robin Taylor read it when I had her read um, my first Speak and Bake Shop book. Because she, mm-hmm. loves, she loves the cherry books. And again, that right. was another heartache. And we'll talk about that in a second. But she... Um, I gave her the first speaking bake shop and she read it and she, and I gave her winter Haven and she held it. Cause it's, you know, it's a, it's a substantial, a little bit longer, probably a hundred thousand words. And she, um, called me about a year later. She read it. Sometimes it takes a while to read a book and she called me. She's like, Oh my God, you've got to get this. I love this. This is my favorite thing you've ever written. And it's hard to hear. I mean, it's great to hear that, but it's, you know, it's like, I'm no longer in that market. I want to be, I want to be able to do both, but I think Mm -hmm. knowing what I know now, I have to, I have to, I have to make it viable. Like if I sell enough books, they'll publish whatever I write. But right now I'm known now more known as a cozy mystery author than a historical fiction author, although my passion is historical fiction. So get high work, my history in here. (laughs) Is the the original, is the original like, um, I deal be... preventing you from publishing that like do they still have rights to it no nobody has like... rights to any of any of that 
So again, when I okay. die, oh, they it. released it, right? No, they never took. They never did it. They, but you they, can you can sell. Well, you don't have to wait till you. You have to wait till you die. I've heard the Exile Stevenson is on as an ebook, and you can actually probably buy a printed copy of it. But the original cover, like once once the rights come back to you, you have to redo Mm -hmm. the cover. You only own the intellectual rights, which is the the actual story. You don't own their editing, so you have to re-edit it. Oh, really? And you don't Mm -hmm. own their cover. So it took me a while to figure that out. So I got that one out and. I really should get the Angel Blythe Hall out because I could throw that second one out there, but, right? And I could do the third one, but so you could you it's could a lot of work. Self pub the Lady of Winterhaven. Yeah, but I would like to see it traditionally published because it would have a wider reach. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. So why, so here's my my evil plan. <laughs> my hopefully my publisher won't listen to this, but you probably shouldn't say it. Just not. It's not <laughs> don't, evil. don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say no, it. No, I've been writing. <laughs> about... your publisher here, but don't say <laughs> they it. They can hear. Or, no, or, or cut it out. I've been writing a. Um, about a haunted, uh, kind of a slightly haunted lighthouse. So I have, I love it because I get to delve into the history of a lighthouse, right? And so I do, because my first book that got published was about a lighthouse uh, on Cape Wrath, Scotland. So I, I do love lighthouses and I love that theme. So I always have a little bit of history and I write a cozy mystery like a historical fiction author would write a cozy mystery. So it's, it's very modern and fun, but it has stuff in it. You know what I mean? Um, I just sold a set, another series, which I've told you guys about, that doesn't come out till next year. That's That even brings me f- kind of closer to that historical fiction. It's very modern, but it's a it's called Food and Spirits. And it's a food, it's, a, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous <laughs> concept. <laughs> I came up with it 10 years ago when I lost my contract writing historical fiction. And Ron, your, your, your uncle, my younger brother was a ghost hunter, and his wife is in the food. You know, she was run. She was like this. Uh, what was she? She was renovating hotels and putting in these high end. They were very high end foodies, and so you'd go to their house, like my house. You'd, you'd come and you'd have a home cooked. You'd have more of a comfort food when you come to Darcy's house. You know, you're gonna have a lot of food. It's gonna taste good, but it's not gonna be super fancy. And it's they gonna were, come out good too. It's good. Yes, they're very. They're very. They were very big foodies. So I come up with this idea for my brother. I go, what if we did a reality TV show, ghost hunting show, but with a food aspect? And we call it Food and Spirits. So you tie in the food and the ghost, and it sounds like, you know, Food and Spirits. And then I'll handle the historical background. You handle the ghost hunting, and then Brenda will handle the food. And so I came up with this whole concept to pitch to a a TV show, to pitch to a cable show. Well... I mean, I, then I think I started writing a mystery because my then agent was like, Darcy, just write a mystery. You'll be good at a mystery. And I did. And Ron did something else. He kept doing it. He was on the Manhattan Paranormal team. So he did some stuff. And Brenda continued doing her thing. Well, years later now, I had to pitch three ideas for a new, for a new, uh, for a new series. Mm-hmm. And so I pitched two that I were very cozy mystery that I would love to write, you know, ideas that I would just love to get behind. Then I'm like, ah. I'll, I'll throw this one out there as a, as a book. So this is a cozy mystery series based on Rain Jim. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <sighs> I'm stretching off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. It's just stretching. Though, he forgot. He forgot <sighs> he was on a podcast yeah, today. He's taking a load on. I know. He's just sleeping in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a podcast. <laughs> Tune out his mother. Anyhow, no, this is great. Anyhow, it is a travel 
ghost hunting show with a food it's kind of a food baiting ghost hunting show so it is set in historical settings like historical whatever so anyhow i get back into the i get a little more historical in there and then i'll just drop those other histories that's my evil plan yeah. it's not very evil but yeah so i mean i i'm so happy wait, with that you're gonna drop histories that are like related to your other books that you have unpublished is that's your evil plan well so writing food and spirits which comes out in 2024 in the fall of 2024 it is it's cool because I get to go as a modern person to historical, like manor homes and and um, castles and things like that. With this, I can do whatever I want with the show, right? Um, with the show, with this book, <laughs> I, I sound like I'm producing it's a show. It's probably good to think about it like a show. I do it think about it because like, it's an episode it. of a show, and it's ridiculous and it's funny and it's far. Some of it's farcical, but some of it's it's very like emotional too. Because there's always going to be that emotional angle to it, um, and a murder. And I have to put a murder in every one. That's a hard thing. You have a ghost story, a murder, food, uh, producing a show. You know, it's like there's a lot to juggle, and I had to wrap my. It took it took a while to wrap my head around how to do it, but. I'm excited about that. That comes out next year. But again, that gives that gives me like a modern in to to writing like about a historical setting. Do you see? So I'm still, yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. writing history. I'm still fulfilling my, oh, lo- right. my love of it. Right. Okay. So that's you. It, it just gives you the uh, the ability to write like historical. Yes. S- sort and we'll of see how it goes. Fiction. Maybe people like hate it. Um, I think historical fiction is a hard sell right now, to be honest, the kind that I write. Um, so you have to write about the Civil War or submarines. No, that's a, no, 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 not right now. <laughs> no, that's. Yeah. We, were, we were walking through that bookstore in uh, Traverse City, really? and I was like, "Am I old enough to buy a submarine book?" Is <laughs> <laughs> that? But the, yeah, those are probably nonfiction histories, though. Yeah. Fiction history is a little different. Like historical fiction is, you know. It's made up and it's in the past. Yeah, it's kind of made up. I really didn't know that. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Am I old enough to buy a book on submarines? But anyhow, back to the cozy mysteries. It is super fun to write and it it does have that haunted element. So, Hmm. you know, which is very slight, but I think that makes it more believable. Right. Instead of having a ghost be like, "Hey, how are you doing today, Darcy?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, that totally that totally makes sense. That's really really crazy. So you're writing that series oh, let me in tell- parallel. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, right. let me. Yes, you're right in parallel. So right now I'm working on the series that comes out next year. So I have to write two books a year, which <laughs> which is why your mom's a little crabbier today. <laughs> these these days, I'm like trying to squeeze everything in. But um, the other cool thing I did because I loved the Cherry series, so that was the first cozy mystery series I sold was the very cheery mystery series and it was supposed to be a three book deal but the publisher and they had a lot of great hit mystery writers but the publisher just decided to cancel the mystery part of it but I like those characters and a lot of readers still read those books and they keep asking for more so the book that comes out <laughs> oh, I know yeah. yeah the book that comes out this the haunt the murder at the pumpkin pageant um is set it's it's in the same world Okay, Matt, picture, picture Door County, Wisconsin, across the lake, right? Mm. We've been there many times. And then now, we, now we're in Michigan, across the lake, and Beacon Bake Shop is set, like, in kind of where we were, in northern Michigan. Well, the, the uh, Point Betsy Lighthouse, yeah. I use that as the model. Which is, like, almost, it's funny, because it is almost, like, it, like it's in, like, the Traverse City area, which is, like, the uh, parallel, it's, like, parallel to, not parallel, but it's, it is, like, 
like Door County, Wisconsin, it's but cro- in Michigan. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, across. Very similar. And it's the same latitude. It's the 45th parallel. Yeah. And it's just right across the lake. So I just kind of popped over the lake when I realized that my, I was told that that book, um, that series was canceled. Uh, I was working up to writing this Haunted Lighthouse book for that series, and I just kind of turned it over to a whole different character, captive characters across the lake, not limiting myself to cherry baked goods, because that was hard, finding cherry baked goods that rhymed with murder things. That, you know, I want to do that again. But this episode, episode I called it, this book, this number fourth in the series, Brett Bloom, who was Whitney Bloom's sister from Cherry Cove, is a ghost hunter because she keeps talking about her brother and the cherry series like oh he's you know traveling the world chasing ghosts like literally i wish it was metaphorically but like and so Mm -hmm. he is the ghost hunter he's part of um a team called the ghost guys you know how like we have the ghost adventures (laughs) they're the ghost guys so it's a little bit of a crossover it's crossover and then food and spirits he is one of the main characters in food and spirits because cool so, so you are you are building have, your world building across your books in a mm-hmm. weird in a way. I don't know if that's called world building, but that yeah, kind like, of yeah, it would be. I'm yeah. just recycling my characters because I really like them, and I think I think they deserve like I felt like the cherry series didn't deserved more of a more of a chance. You know what I mean? Would you write another one if they if someone picked it back people, up? People, well, people want me to write another one, but the trouble is I'm writing two. I don't have a lot of time. I would love to write another one, but I will. I think in. Um, Food and spirits. We will go back to Cherry Cove. Would you at, at any some point, point, if you if you I, know you continue down this like successful path, would you get like a ghostwriter to help no. like write out some of these <laughs> series? No. I, you know what I would do? I would probably get somebody like Dana, like a pod manager to manage our podcast. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Or you maybe would just have other stuff media. more stuff yeah. off your plate. <laughs> yeah. Social media yeah. is the part that's the Could hardest. Could you do three brand, books a year? Brand management. Well, cool thing, and I can talk about this because I just signed the contract. But the um somebody just bought the audio rights tantor media just bought the audio rights to the cherry series oh wow which is very cool so i'm very excited about that so that so i they're available as a like 2.99 download on on amazon um i you know physical books if i ever do book signings i bring some of those physical books um because the publisher printed a lot of them and then they closed their doors right after my second book came out so it was only out for six months which was sad but anyhow that's um that's 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 a cool thing so those all if i do write a third one i think probably i would do it myself and tantor would do the audio do you know what i'm saying yeah oh yeah so i'm very excited about that that's really cool so it's just yeah it's all it's all working in one direction but like i say i I will tell you people where i hide my my stories and you can you know throw them up there someday but no hopefully they'll They'll all see the day of light of day from the vault, but I'm very excited about the, the Darcy pumpkin. Hand yeah, vault. but we're, yeah. We're, we're we're embracing Halloween and I love it and it's great and so yeah, I'm like really excited about this. this year. We'll do a big party. Yeah. We're we trying to do the thing we do again, Dan. The trip. Oh, to Indianapolis. Well, not Indianapolis. I want to do it in Grand Rapids this year. Oh, like a Halloween trip. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm down to do it. that. Sounds fun. Well, I'll be in Grand Rapids probably. Probably at one of the bookstores in there. So oh, let's do fun. it. Let's yeah. throw down. Right. Jim, come on up. Let's throw down. What's better than that? Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So, okay. I, I guess your book comes out uh, July 25th. 25th. It's the on sale date. On sale date. When can you, when can you, where can you get it? Um, well, well, you can get it everywhere books are sold. But um, I will be at Two Dandelions Bookstore uh, on the 25th. It's going to be a 630. Uh, 6.30. 6.30, we're starting the party. And it's just a book signing. We're gonna have, like I said, I'm bringing, I'm bringing baked goods. I said, you, is it okay if I bring the ones that I make from home? And she, you know, the bookstore is so great, and they're like, yes, we're going all pumpkin. 
I have a big giveaway basket for people who come to the bookstore because I can't ship those. But if you want a signed copy of the of any of my books, you can get them through Two Dandelions Bookstore in Brighton. And then mm-hmm. from there, I'm going to be going to Ohio to um, I would be at Gathering Volumes in Perrysburg, Ohio. Oh, why did that drop out of my head? Okay. Not, not enough. And that'll be on Saturday. And then I then I'm I'm going to be in Pennsylvania, and then more things in, in Michigan and. It's going to kind wow. of continue. So where can people go Halloween. to see to uh, just like your social media stuff? Yeah, for sure, okay. for sure. Facebook, social media, um, my website awesome. at www.darcyhanna.com. Facebook. And, and I guess to, to very much wrap up the the end of, the, the end of this, uh, is there anything that you would say to someone who wants to be an author? Uh, like, what, what what advice would you say to them? A young person trying to be an author, what would you say? To I them? would say, just believe in yourself. And keep writing. Just keep writing, writing the stories. If you can get a whole novel written, if you can write a story, that is the biggest hurdle. You know, that is the, that is step one. And then from there, it's just trying to, you know, trying to hone your craft and selling. But don't, don't not do it uh, because I say it's difficult. My path has been crazy, but I think I wouldn't be here without, without, it, it's a, it could be a tough road. Some people don't have they might have instant success, you know, you might, you might be hitting a market or at the great time, unlike myself, but don't give up. And if you believe in yourself, I mean, I'm all about embracing and following your dreams and your passions. So you just, you keep on writing, you know, you got to tell that story. Awesome. All righty. Well, Hey, hey, thank you so much, boys. It was so much fun to see you today. Uh, Yes. Big book launch month. And Jim, thank you for joining us from Seattle. Absolutely. Maybe, this was great. Maybe you'd uh, read the book and put up a review. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Absolutely. All right, All right guys. All right, it awesome. was great. Take care. Thank you for listening, everybody out there. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Dan. Hey, this is Matt. Hey, if you like this podcast, please consider liking and subscribing. As well as sharing it with your friends and family. Also, if you're interested in Darcy Hanna's books, you can check them out on Amazon or DarcyHanna.com. Anyway... Thank you for your time and your listen. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.